This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Hopefully, you had a nice weekend. I certainly did. And one of the things that I really enjoyed doing on the weekend is taking my time reading through the newspapers. And one of the papers that I read on Saturdays is the New York Post. And I'm reading this article all about how they moved Alexander Hamilton's statue out of the rotunda. And evidently, New York's senior senator and the majority leader of the U.S. Senate, Chuck Schumer was one of the people that didn't think this was a good idea. And it was an interesting article by Stephen Nelson. I'm not going to read you the whole thing. But if you read the article, it gets into Schumer's objections. And it talks about Schumer being at this lunch, a bipartisan lunch. I'm going to read you just a portion of this. A second source said Schumer made the remark to Klobuchar in jest after he learned at a bipartisan lunch about the abrupt demotion of the founding father. At the lunch... Schumer jokingly accused Blunt of being a descendant of Aaron Burr, the second source said, referring to Thomas Jefferson's vice president who killed Hamilton in an 1804 duel. Blunt's office did not immediately respond to the Post's request for comment on his role in the change, which left lower-profile figures like Presidents James Garfield and Gerald Ford in the Capitol's most iconic space. Why am I reading that portion? Because unlike Amy Klobuchar, who's identified earlier in the article as the as Senator Amy Klobuchar, chairwoman of the Senate Rules Committee, which made the decision, the two references to Blunt that I just read to you are the first and only references to Roy Blunt in the entire article. Now, the only way that you know that that's Roy Blunt and why this is relevant in this article is if you went and read the article online. There's not anything that says who Blunt is, why the Post was reaching out to him, and why Schumer would be joking to him about this. Now, if you read the online version of this story, that means you would know that Roy Blunt is the leading Republican on the Rules Committee. He's sort of the counterpart to Amy Klobuchar. This is crazy. This is lazy. This is sloppy. This is very poor editing. And it has to do with something we're going to talk about in just a minute, which is the decline in local journalism. The people that only read the newspaper, and I suspect that the people that read the paper the good old-fashioned way are a lot of the same people that listen to radio the good old-fashioned way. If you only read the newspaper and didn't read this article online, you'd have no idea who Blunt was or why he was mentioned. Let's get our act together, people. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. By now, there's a good chance you have heard the story about one of the things that has been floated as a way to deal with the flood of migrants that are coming to New York City. And part of this plan involves putting them on a luxury cruise ship on the north shore of Staten Island. Now, I don't think this is a great plan, but I do have to stick up for minority leader Joe Borelli, who's been one of the people who has said he's sort of open to this idea. And essentially, what you have to keep in mind is that Joe Borelli represents the south shore of Staten Island, where there's a lot of empty parkland and where there are very few Eric Adams voters. Now, if this plan for a cruise ship gets torpedoed and there's such outcry that they don't end up doing it, Where do you think Eric Adams is going to send these folks? I think there's a good chance he will send them to the south shore of Staten Island and set up tent cities in places like uh, Bloomingdale Park and Wolf's Pond Park at Mount Loretto. In fact, they want to put people at Mount Loretto. So would that be better for the residents of Staten Island than having them on a cruise ship off the north shore of Staten Island? I don't think so. So I know I, as a South Shore resident, wouldn't want these migrants at a park that's uh, walking distance from my house. Nothing against them. I'm sure 80 or 90 percent of them are good, hardworking people. But what about the 2 percent, the 5 percent, the 10 percent that aren't? I don't necessarily think that our community is in a position, our infrastructure is in a position where we can handle an influx of thousands of migrants to the south shore of Staten Island. You got to understand that this problem is a federal problem. We have a broken immigration policy. And the long-term way to deal with this is to fix our immigration system on a federal level. We need better border security. We need to bring back the Remain in Mexico problem. And we need more immigration judges so that the claims of these asylum seekers can be processed more quickly. But with President Biden flying migrants up here in the dead of the night uh, at uh, Westchester Airport and with Governor Abbott sending migrants up here and Governor DeSantis sending migrants up here, New York City simply cannot handle the influx of folks that are coming here. So before everyone belittles the idea of a cruise ship just off the North Shore of Staten Island, ask yourself the question, if not this, then what? Understanding that this crisis is a federal creation, what would you do if you were the mayor? And I don't have an answer here. Just keep that in mind for those of you that are bashing Councilman Borelli being open-minded to this. I believe he's going to be on the Bernie and Sid show uh, explaining this decision a bit more. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. Yogi Berra was a great baseball player and a great baseball manager. More than that, he was a great celebrity pitch man, a wonderful philosopher, and probably one of the most quoted Americans of all time, sort of a 20th century Mark Twain. And one of his famous quotes was, and I use this a surprisingly frequent amount of the time, one of Yogi Berra's famous quotes was, it's getting late early. Now, the way that Yogi meant it back in 1971 
had to do with the way that the shadows would affect left field at Yankee Stadium or something along those lines. But Yogi Berra, who was, of course, once the manager of the New York Metropolitans, could certainly mean it these days to apply to the New York Mets. The New York Metropolitans have been in first place in the National League East for all but three days this season. And now the one scenario the Mets needed to avoid in their weekend series against the Braves in order to keep that in place was getting swept by the Braves. Unbelievably, the New York Metropolitans last night were swept by the Atlanta Braves. They lost three straight to their division rivals. They couldn't win one game in Atlanta. A third straight disappointing performance from a top starting pitcher coupled with very little offense has all but guaranteed that the Mets will not win the division in the National League East. And if you're a Met fan, you almost come to expect the inevitable disappointment that comes with being a Met fan. For now, the Mets are stuck on 98 victories, and this probably means that they can start preparing for a best-of-three wildcard series against the Padres or the Phillies at City Field. And uh, from there, If the Mets should win that series, they will probably face the Los Angeles Dodgers, who have the best record in all of baseball. It was an incredibly disappointing weekend to be a Mets fan. It's funny, my sister and her friend were over yesterday, and we were watching the Yankee game and some of the football games. And my sister asked me, because our father's a Yankee fan, she said, do you think Carmine, my son, will be a Mets fan? And I said, I hope not. Because no little boy deserves the inevitable heartbreak that comes with being a Met fan. And while I've been a Met fan my whole life, I am hoping my son makes a wiser decision. We'll see what happens. Hopefully they can turn things around and do so in a hurry. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. If you listen to this program, I think you know that I am in love with New York. Unfortunately, one of the things that has encouraged and inspired my love affair with New York over the years are these great local businesses, sometimes restaurants, sometimes bars, sometimes small shops that are closing at alarming rates. And it seems like every week. A different culinary institution, a different bar, a different old school business that helped make New York what it is, is closing because they can't afford the rent or because the children of the original owners don't want to continue it or whatever the case may be. That's why I am very, very pleased to report to you that one longtime legendary New York mainstay is once again reopened. I think a lot of you know the Hotel Chelsea on 23rd Street. I've spent a lot of time on that block, and I spent a lot of time in this hotel and at the restaurant that has helped make this hotel such an indelible part of New York history. The restaurant's a Spanish place called El Quixote, a great bohemian hangout, old haunt of Janis Joplin, Andy Warhol, and countless others. I am pleased to tell you it is back It is intact, and they are saying the food is great, and the sangria is now top shelf. So uh, the restaurant was closed for refurbishment in 2018, and it is finally reopened. I can't wait to go back. 
There's rumors that uh, this place might even be haunted. Maybe we'll do our Halloween show from there, meaning the hotel, not necessarily the restaurant. The Spanish food was always great. If you like paella, especially seafood paella, if you like uh, sangria, it sounds great. So they're not an advertiser, and I'm not promoting it. I'm not telling you to go there. I'm just saying I'm going there because I love celebrating when legendary New York restaurants like El Quixote at the Chelsea Hotel remain open. And this is a big win for those of us that love old school New York. I can't wait to go back. I've got a lot of great memories there. And uh, I'm already working on uh, getting a day on the calendar for my return to El Quixote. Maybe I'll see you there. Maybe we'll share a glass of sangria and some seafood paella, which was always my favorite there. Hopefully, this proves to be the rule rather than the exception with longtime businesses that have meant so much not only to... Manhattan, but all of New York City. Beam me up! To be continued. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.